are listening to Inside Outside Innovation, episode 63. In part one of our interview with Dave Knox, the founder of The Brandery, he talked about how geography and history can uniquely influence a place to be innovative and how that tradition has played out in his city of Cincinnati. Hi there, everyone. I'm Victory, the producer of Inside Outside Innovation, the podcast that brings you the latest insights from people who know the most about building lean businesses, innovating within corporations, and disrupting industries with passion and precision. All right. Welcome to another episode of Inside Outside Innovation. We are here with Dave Knox from Cincinnati, and he is, uh, he's been in this space for a long time. Let me give you a little bit of background about Dave. So Dave is the Chief Marketing Officer at Rockfish, a WPP-owned digital innovation partner. Prior to Rockfish, uh, he was a seven-year veteran at P&G and also the co-founder of The Brandery, which is a, an amazing accelerator that kind of started a lot of this wave back uh, six, seven, eight years ago. And we'll have a little bit more time to talk a little bit about that. So with that, I'd like to introduce uh, Dave Knox to the show. Thanks, Dave. Hey, thanks for having me, Brian. A lot of good stuff is coming out in the Cincinnati area, so I wanted to get you on uh, the show to talk a little bit about, first, you've got a brand new book out, so it's called Predicting the Turn, the High Stakes Game of Business Between Startups and Blue Chips. And so I wanted to first start with that, like the book and, and uh, what it's all about. Yeah, so the, the book is really about this evolution that's happening between Big companies and these innovative startups are emerging. Back in the days when I was working at P&B on the digital business team, we were looking at digital as this new advertising and marketing tool that we need to evolve and adapt to. Meanwhile, you had these entrepreneurs that were looking at it as a way to go to market, a way to kind of eliminate those scale advantages of the big companies. And so the book is about that and how can big companies really think about this new game of business that they're in and how can startups think about either competing with partnering or something else with the big companies out there. Well, you, you seem, you've been in this space for a while, so you seem to have caught the wave early and tell us a little bit about the history of how you got into this. Obviously you're with P&G, but how did you go about saying, Hey, we're going to start a, an accelerator and we're going to go full force into this startup space? Yeah. So for me, the embrace of digital and kind of what led to the startup world from that really started back in 2003 when I started my career at P&G. You know, if you know anything about P&G and their brand management world, you know, 90, 95% of the folks that start, uh, start as MBAs. And for me, I was the publicly educated undergraduate that somehow slipped through the cracks and got a job there. <laughs> and, you know, I decided to embrace digital as my way to differentiate. You know, it was in the, the still the echo that had come from the dot-com where a lot of folks, you know, viewed digital as something that was more career ending than career defining. And so I decided to take that opposite path and embrace digital as a thing to really dive into. Fast forward a few years later, after a lot of trials and, you know, a lot of work that probably nearly got me fired in the process, I had the chance to be one of the founding members of the corporate digital strategy team that P&G now calls their e-business team. And at that point, I was leading our joint business planning with Facebook, Google, Microsoft, Yahoo, you know, setting up these really big partnerships, but simultaneously saying, you know, I think we need to start having relationships with the more up-and-coming players as well. And that's really what led me to, you know, getting a lot more involved with the venture capital world, with the startup world, 
and eventually got me exposed to this emerging thing called an accelerator and really decided through some interactions with David Cohen and Techstars that the Midwest needed something. And what we needed was something that played off our heritage. And our heritage was brand building and marketing. And I thought there was a real advantage and a real opportunity for startups to kind of use some of those principles of brand building and consumer insights and everything else to maybe apply it to their own businesses. And so that's kind of what uh, led to the foundry of the brandry with some of my great co-founders that diversified our experience. You don't know my background. You know, we started the Motion Startup Accelerator here in Lincoln. It's, it's part of the Global Accelerator Network as well. And uh, so I've been in that space not nearly as long as you guys have been. But uh, one of the things we always looked up to the brandry is obviously how you branded yourself and differentiated yourself. But I think a lot of that had to do with kind of where you are in the, in the middle of the country and building on the strengths that you have. So t- talk a little bit about Cincinnati and why Cincinnati has become a place that both startups and corporates are, are colliding and interacting and working well together. Yeah, so Cincinnati, it's a, it's a place that's good to look back in the heritage and the history. We are kind of call ourselves one of the first American cities. And what I mean by that is we were the first large city that was founded after colonial days. So we were founded shortly after the Revolutionary War. And it was a city that it really was the first city that was born as America, as United States of America not as a colony that was kind of converted. And so because of that, we always have had this uh, kind of frontier mentality of really pushing, seeing where you can go. And what that led to in the mid-1800s, we were actually the fifth largest city in the country. And with that was this place of this kind of entrepreneurial wave that was going on uh, in that mid-1800s. And at the time, that led to uh, folks like Procter & Gamble that created P&G. It led to Barney Kroger, who created Kroger. Mm-hmm. It led to all these amazing entrepreneurs that built this city in those early days. The good and the bad of that, though, is we took another 150 years before our next wave of entrepreneurship took hold. Right. And it was because we had these great big Fortune 500s that didn't go downhill, were continuously growing, continuously expanding. And we ended up with 10 Fortune 500s um, you know, as of you know, just a few years ago. That is what led to, I think, this new opportunity where we said, okay, we've been really fortunate that our biggest companies have not really had a stumbling block, but it's kind of inevitable that industries change and companies change. So how can we take that heritage and build upon it? And so we decided to build upon that heritage of being the birthplace of brand building and consumer research with P&G, you know, really a tentpole of retail with Kroger, Macy's, and others and a really interesting geography choice as well, being how close proximity Cincinnati is to such a large population of the U.S. It's why you know Amazon, for instance, just announced their new Amazon Prime Air Hub. $1.6 billion investment is going to be based in Cincinnati because of the geography. Amazing. So was it a natural thing for the Kroger's and the P&G's of the world to say, hey, yeah, this brandery thing or, or this idea that startups are, are out there, was that something that you had to convince folks of, or was it something that the natural evolution of what they were seeing in the landscape. And they said, yes, this is something we need to dive in and, and become more involved with. You know, in every kind of innovation, I think you have a, an equal number of people that are excited about it and are scared about it. And with us, it was a mixture of the two. And what we kind of pushed was on this idea of you have an opportunity to experience innovation in your backyard and change is happening, change is happening across industries. And this is your chance to kind of participate and see what it is what it's like 
without just, you know, flying out to San Francisco and being the way you check the box. So I think that was a natural thing. There was definitely a lot of people that were intimidated um, or didn't see the value of it, but it was a slow cultural shift. And luckily it was a, there was a lot of support from the top and a lot of folks that really saw this opportunity and this change that kind of drove it as well. So what's really worked uh, about the combination and what are some of the new things that you're seeing that uh, or the evolution of the models that uh, themselves that are working in your own backyard? Yeah, so I think one of the things that's really come about that's pretty interesting is this effort called Centrifuge. And so Centrifuge was born on the shoulders of our largest companies uh, where they said, you know, Cincinnati is a very philanthropic place by nature. I think we have 3,500 nonprofits in the city, you know, the sixth largest United Way. And a lot of that's because of the corporations uh, and the amount of support that they give. And so a few years ago, uh, really kind of sparked by the early stage of the brandery and some other things going on, Centrifuge was born. And Centrifuge is a, an organization with really three parts that, of its mission. The first is to be this umbrella organization to bring the startup community together. So it's the group that you know, hosts our startup weekends, that brings great speakers together, and really does a lot of that community heavy lifting. The second part of it is a fund of funds. And so the largest companies in town helped put investment dollars into this fund of funds that then goes invest in some of the top venture capital firms across the country. And it doesn't say you must invest in a startup in Cincinnati, but it says you must come and participate in the community. See what we have going on, help us out, and we are convinced you're going to find great investments because of that participation. And then the third thing it did is build something called Union Hall, uh, which is actually the building I'm sitting in right now, which was right in the heart of Over the Rhine, our kind of emerging entrepreneurial community neighborhood. And they took three gorgeous old buildings, restored it, and made it a co-working space. But it's not just a co-working space. It's also now the home of the Brandery and also the home of Cincypec which is our seed fund here in town. So brought all of these organizations together in a place where serendipity happens. You run into people, you engage in conversations, and it's really become a spark for the community. That wraps up another episode of Inside Outside Innovation. We'd love to connect with you through Twitter at the IO Podcast or on our website, insideoutside.io. If you've got a minute, you can leave us a review on iTunes as well. If you've got a topic or area you'd like us to dig into, let us know and we'd love to share our insights and invite other experts like Dave onto the show so they can share theirs. Until next time, go out and innovate.